Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another version of Bill Roden on sports. Bill Roden, upstate New York, holding it down up here and uh, beautiful day in June and uh, holding it down downstate uh, in the outer borough is my friend and colleague and co-host, the great Jamal Murph. Fee. Murph. <laughs> What's up, Bill? Everything is uh, good out here in Brooklyn. Uh, typical, you know, June heat and humidity for the past mm-hmm. week or so. Uh, taking my I had my son had a uh, had a little league baseball game over the weekend and it was blazing hot. Wow! And the I, game I, are they masked up? Too long? <laughs> are they playing with masks or without masks? They are playing with masks. That's mm-hmm. that's the. Uh, official rule but you know here and there kids will have it on their chin or right sometimes a kid forgets a mask you know right right what what was our friend last week we had uh on uh, the doctor um dr fraser dr fraser yeah i'd like to hear that again what's her her general thing was right Uh, although it's like summertime and it's all good and everybody's skipping skipping along and it's actually like there was never COVID, but she was kind of still a little skeptical, right? Yeah, she was skeptical. I think less, she was a little less skeptical about the outside stuff, um, but she was definitely hesitant when it came to, you know, being, you know, full stadiums and, yeah, you know, that kind of thing where you're, st- you're getting people in close quarters, some right. masks, some not, that type right. of thing. Yeah. What, what's been your philosophy? What's your family philosophy? We're, you know, and, and mostly due to my wife, I, we're on the cautious side always. Uh, so we pretty much have, you know, when, wherever we go, we have the masks um, at least very handy. Anytime, yeah. anytime we go inside, we're definitely wearing masks. Outside, we have it just in case there are close quarters. But for the most part, it's me me personally, I'm, I'm kind of lax when I'm outside. Um, yeah. You know, I'll walk around with no mask or whatever. But let's say I pick up my son from school um, and all the kids in school have masks on. And so in that type of environment, I'll put them, you know, I'll wear a mask. Yeah, I walk around with a can of Raid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be spraying my little luggage. You know? <laughs> that's, even, that's even better, Bill. That's even better. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, um, Man, you know, we we missed uh, 
a week. But, uh, you know, I, I've been listening to and watching the NBA playoffs. Uh, what, what's been your uh, – are, are you are you planning the parade route for the uh, uh, for the Nets? And I don't remind – I mean, remind me, I want to talk about this whole thing with uh, – uh, what's the kid's name in Dallas? Um, Luca. Well, I mean, I'm so happy this cat was eliminated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, nothing – you know, again, you know, it's, it's this whole Tarzan mentality. Whenever you have a white guy, and they, they kind of now embraced a European, you know, because, well, American white guys are totally out of the whole NBA picture. Well, there's, so, there's, there's one coming. He's like the, uh, just just as an aside, the top the top high school player in the nation this year going to Gonzaga next year, seven-footer who can do everything, uh, white guy Chet Holmgren. So, get you, it's coming again, Bill. Don't worry. Get ready. Well, you know, it's it's you know, like you always say, it's not even we're not even getting on the kid himself. No, it's not. It's not about it's not about the player. It's the whole thing surrounding the player. It's this whole desperate. Again, it's another version of white supremacy. And whenever you say white supremacy, I can hear you know you ever get on a mainstream show. Like when an NBA show, oh, there you go, oh, you know, oh, what are you? I'm, my, you know, I'm married to my my woman. My wife is a woman of color, you know that. No, it's you know what's funny is you know how you always talk about every now and then we'll have this discussion and and you mention you know you talk about the white broadcasters, the white uh, radio hosts, or whatever, and that they just you know they're just jerking off about over each other, right? And right. I was always like. Oh yeah, you know that's maybe that's a you know I was like okay, you know you're exaggerating a little bit blah blah. blah. But then I'm watching I'm watching um, I think a couple of weeks ago I'm watching a baseball game on Fox and it was like mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves and the Mets or something like that and I saw exactly what you were talking about and I was like oh that's what Bill's talking <laughs> about right there. So they're what, talking- what, what, what were they doing? Yeah, so. I'm watching the game and this uh, the the first baseman, uh, Freddie Freeman for for the Braves, very good player, been around for a while, good good player, white guy, and the way these guys were describing him, they were you know he was doing something, he was joke, some it was a somebody else's play, and he was like joking, laughing with the guy on first base, and they were like, oh Freddie Freeman, we just <laughs> we just look at him, he gets along with everybody, oh, he's so funny. <laughs> Great, just a great guy to be around. He's the greatest. You know, right. like, you never, you never see them say that about like uh, right. dudes of color. You know, what right. really, right? You know, it's, it's like, like oh, he's so great. Oh my god, he's the kind of guy you like to have a drink with. You know, invite <laughs> him to the house. You know, it's 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 amazing. You know, and 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 I and it kind of gets back to Luca. And again, it's nothing necessarily to the player. You know, the player is just a beneficiary, but it's just surrounded by this white media. And then I've even seen some brothers. I mean, it's, it's, it's all this stuff is so subtle that to go along with this stuff, you got you know, you kind of have to go along with it. You know, if you want to continue to have the gig and all that, you can't have to, you know, kind of jump on the bandwagon. Right. And Luke is, I'm sorry, what do they do with this cat is eliminated? You know, that's why that that series, it's been a long time since I was that emo- involved in a series. I mean, this guy, they got to look because I cannot listen to this shit. All I can't listen to any more of it. But, you know. But guess what? 
you still will have to listen to it because I still, I, I know just the other day, either on social media, you know, on the shows or whatever, um, people are already calling, you know, even before he lost, but even after he lost, they lost the series. People are saying, oh, well, you know, now Luca is the best player in the game now. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. wait a second. What does that make? What, what does that make? Usually you have to, like everybody else has to win. Right. Yeah, I know. We could just make him, it was like greatest of all time, top I said, wait a minute, man. So if he's that, what is, you know, if, if you're doing that, what's uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell? Right. You know? What's Joel Embiid? Right. You know, what, what I mean, you know, but again, and these, and, and, and again, it's just another version of white supremacy that you kind of have to see yourself as at the top of the heap of in every, everything, no matter what it is, you know, and the guy just can't be really, really good or even great. He's got to be the greatest of all time. The or, greatest don't, ever. or don't rush him. How about that? He's, he's a 22 year old kid. Yes. He's, he's playing great. He, uh, you know, for reference, he's averaging, you know, 30 for the, for the playoffs. He averaged 35, 36 points. Seven, uh, eight rebounds, ten assists. That's great. That's great. You know that puts him up there with anybody. But LeBron was doing similar stuff before he won. Okay, and and right. and the bar has always been you got to win uh, to do the. You know you got to win to get your real credit. So just you know, let him go through the natural progression of things. He might he he, probably, he might win a championship, and then you can go crazy, and you know we'll right. we'll try to take it. But but right now it's just it's way too it's just ridiculously too early. I mean you got and then remember he was traded for Trey Young. See, right? and that, you know, by the way, right. You know. Right. Who 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 did get to the second round? Right. Yeah, who's still playing? Yeah, now, who's still playing. It's, it's looking a little bleak against yeah. uh well last, I mean it's one one, you know, last last night looked bleak, but uh you know, Trey Young. And people are starting to mention that, you know, people who want to push back on the Luca narrative will mention, hey, you know, Trey Young made the second round. And right. well, and so, yeah, but you know, yeah, it's, it's always well, I see somebody yeah, well, oh well, what would Luca have done with Trey Young's supporting cast? Oh, right. come on. Right. Yeah, and now they're talking about, you know, firing the coach, you know. You know, when the reality is that the guy, like you said, is 22, 23, and he's got to mature. Right. He's got to really mature and look and say, you know. Do I want to kind of bask in all this? Do I want to win? And right now, I think he's really loving being Luca and basking in all this stuff. And, and I don't see if they would bring in like a somebody said, oh, maybe uh, in, in, in Kupo, Giannis is like a, could be his number two. But did, didn't, didn't Giannis just sign a big? I mean, this is just yeah. like pipe dreams. Yeah, but also, I mean, the idea that they've suggested he would be his number two. And I, That's I, a good point. Sure at, <laughs> yeah, I mean, two times the two time MVP, by the way. Yeah, and I don't even know if he would uh want a number two, but anyway, enough of that. But it was just, I just well, been... I got I got another story. How about another story along the same lines? Um, you have Nikola Jokic was just named the, M the NBA MVP. Yeah, so you, you can get ready to hear some more uh commentary, you know, the commentary that goes, Well, we do, you know, we love the way Luca. I mean, we love the way Jokic plays the game. He does it the right, right way, and right. you know, he he's, just, he's just a joy. He's a joy to watch. You know, right. he's a joy. He's a joy to watch. Yeah, I guess he is. You know, <laughs> and again, I'm not saying I actually think he deserved it. I actually think he deserved to win MVP this year, just mostly because he played every game 
in a right, season Embiid where, like, Embiid was great, but he missed 20 games, okay? Right. Uh, and his and his his stats are up there with anybody. Yo, those those Luka stats I, could, I just gave you, Jokic was doing that in the regular season, okay? So um, I'll give him the credit. I would have voted for him, but it's just the reaction to it. Like, okay, that doesn't mean he's the he's the – the, the most joyous player to watch ever, and he does everything the right way compared to other guys. Like, get out of here with that. Yeah, it's just that there's just been this waiting for this White Hope. And the White the white Hope thing, there's such a deep history of the White Hope thing going all the way back to, you know, Jack Johnson and Jim Jeffries. You know, when Jack London, the writer, you know, after Je- after Johnson won the, uh, the title from Tommy Burns, it's like, we're talking about 1910. You know, yeah. a writer says, you know, forcing Jim Jeffries to come out of retirement. You know, we want to wipe that golden smile off of Johnson's mouth. Jim, uh, Jeff, uh, Jim Jeffries, it's up to you. You know, this guy was, Jim Jeffries on a damn alfalfa farm retired. He was going to come back and fake this guy. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was that, that whole great white hopism that really hasn't, hasn't died. And you kind of see it every, in everything. And, every dimension you know right. uh but particularly you see it in the nfl and the uh and the nba where whenever wherever black people are dominant right it almost triggers this kind of fear of being overtaken whether it's obama winning right. the white house and people ready to like oh my god you know or, right. or, or, or kamala harris so you see yeah. you're seeing the you're seeing the kamala harris stuff now i've been watching the news yeah couple of days now all of a sudden reports she's you know we don't like the way she's she's acting as vice president and all this kind of yo okay here we go again yeah yeah but i think you have to be if you are a person of color you know if you're african you know you, you know it's it's just in very it's, it's it's inevitable and right. so you can't be surprised and i guess that's sort of the difference between i, I you know taking some of the kids you know you know uh, who go to HBCUs uh, and other kids, you know, who may go to PWIs, who may be, well, and that's probably not totally fair, mm-hmm. but who are somehow surprised when, you know, when the rug is pulled out from under, you know, right. but they're just like stunned, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, man, maybe, you know, not, anyway, um, back to the playoffs. So what do you, what do you think? Are you loving, are you loving, let's start out East. Are uh, you loving the Brooklyn Nets? They, I mean, they're looking really great now after after uh, two games. Is there a game tonight? There's a game tomorrow night. So they're off. For some reason, they get two days off where the West Coast teams don't get any days off, get only one day off the whole series. But um, Because they're in the West Coast, they at the, you know, warm yeah. weather. Or maybe, or maybe the league really wants the Nets to get in the, in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're like, we need these, we need these guys in the finals. Right. But... Um, no, I'm not there yet. I mean, if Harden were healthy, which he's not, and he's, and that's and he's and the hamstring is not going to be like he'd right. be a miracle if he, if really even if he's like plays in the finals, you'd have to say that that's that's pretty good. That's like right. wow, he did that because um, he was out for a month with the same injury prior. So um, no, I mean with just Katie and Kyrie, I'm actually surprised what they're doing, what they've done to Milwaukee the first couple of games, especially that last game, complete blowout. Um, I think it's kind of anyone's race, like any, like anybody, you know, not almost anybody left can get to the finals and maybe win it out of both conferences. I guess I'm, you know, Embiid's playing on that meniscus tear, 
I know. Uh, I believe you had you've had a torn meniscus, right? Meniscus. No, Achilles. That that's <laughs> you're done with that. But you know, I, I talked I talked to a friend, of, uh, you know, our, uh, Damani Howell, who's an oh, yeah, yeah, we have we ought to have Damani on the show. You should. You know, yeah, we have him on the show. And he was saying, I you know, I asked him, you can play with a with a torn Achilles. I mean, a torn uh, meniscus. And he said, he's like, yeah, it's a it's a pain, pretty much a pain threshold thing. You know, um, it, you know, you can repair it later but i mean you know this it's a slight tear so it's like it's just some pain management situation so yeah. if that's the case at this point maybe yeah. he makes it through the playoffs and if it, and he make you know he's he's the real deal yeah yeah i've had a torn meniscus a mm-hmm. uh, couple and there's this uh, listen to reggie theas describe it the other day uh it's pretty good but it's like it's this tear and the tear is kind of like a flap and when the i think it's like when the flap is, is kind of open and it's not your joint, you can kind of play, but it's just when it when it comes down, the cartilage comes down and it locks. Right. That's when it's over. And you won't be able to move on it, basically. Yeah, you can't move on it. So I guess the surgery is a shave it or something. But right now, clearly it's, you know, with, with MD, MB is at a point where he can uh, he can play. I know that- uh, I don't know how long that lasts. That's well, they, I know, you know, down the line, he's praying like hell, you know. <laughs> he's scoring 40 points on it. Oh, my God, yeah. looking, Capella looked ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, so Brooklyn, it, well, yeah, again, it doesn't matter whether they win by 80 points each time. That's you true. still got to win That's two right. games or a game, something in Milwaukee. Right. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Anything surprised you about the uh, about the playoffs? I'm surprised. Uh, you know, the Clippers actually didn't choke, and they actually uh, I know done in you know in the. In the That's because I was willing them. Yeah, well, we were willing. Them. Uh, and people forget Kawhi though. Kawhi is a serious dude when it comes to when his back, especially when 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 he needs to win. What, a game. what would happen if he were Luca? I mean, what? How? That's what I keep saying. What would they do if if Kawhi? Was 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 white, or if if uh, Donovan Mitchell were white? I mean, you know, I mean, if you if it's hard to imagine, but this, you know, what would they be saying if these guys? See, that's why I think what what Dennis Rodman a long time ago said, Larry Bird. Now, Larry again, Larry Bird is a great player, but they're right. saying if he were black, there's such a norm, such a like certain things. It's like we expect you to do, right? You know, not that we would say you're great. But will we be saying, you know, again, that's was kind of hard. You know, you're, you're Donovan Mitchell doing all this stuff or, or Kawhi doing all this stuff, uh, you know, and it's like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it, too. I mean, there's definitely the racial the racial part of it, the racial aspect. But part of it, too, even black people get caught up. Some black people get caught up in this, too. It's like it's 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 rare. So you get you kind of like are like in. You're you're like wow you're like caught up in it too like you're like oh we know we don't usually see this like well, yeah well, yeah black people do that a lot I, I, when if you have a white woman I remember who who's saying but man she sings like a sister <laughs> and she sing, oh man she dances just like a sister you know yeah but Kawhi you know, Kawhi looked tremendous even even in game one yeah against well, uh, Kawhi takes you know all through like his recent especially recent career he kind of know he, he's kind of like load managing even when he plays every game every in the playoffs like like he yeah. take like even for game one last night 
That was it. Wasn't the same Kawhi we saw Game Six and Seven. You know, no. he was like letting every. He was like, "Let me see what my teammates got." You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm. I got to chill. You know, I just had to carry all two games. Let me see what you got this game. Exactly. When it comes down to it, when their back is against the wall, he's gonna. I mean, he's proven. He probably you know last year he had a bad Game Seven. That's the only one I can remember. But I mean, usually when his back is against the wall, he's gonna he's gonna come up as big as he needs to. What What would be and again, when you talk about Kawhi, I was wondering what would be a greater accomplishment. I always thought that what put LeBron ahead of Michael, and, and mm-hmm. if, you know, okay, take we'll indulge this argument, but why not? Right. You know, um, you know he, he takes three different franchises to an NBA championship. You know, Miami, then goes back to Cleveland. You know, that in and of itself, and it goes to the Lakers and does that. But I'm wondering if Kawhi Leonard takes three different teams. You know. He takes, you know, he well, I don't know if he took San Antonio, but he yeah, definitely no. he, was, he, was, he was he was he was a he was a, he was on the ride at first and then he became a big part of it. Right. Then goes to Toronto. Then he takes so Toronto. Takes Toronto. And and it, the Clippers, man, I mean they were barely a franchise. If he, if he if he takes the Clippers to a championship, which is possible, I mean just talent-wise, right. which is possible, I mean, yeah, that puts him in a what different do you do with that? I mean, that, that's a pretty significant and even uh, resuscitation. Yeah, and it, yes, and it's the Clippers of all of all. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean the Clippers. You know, practice. You know, uh, I mean, think about Toronto. Toronto was, wasn't a championship, right? Like who? Yeah, same, who, who, same who, whoever thought they'd say Toronto, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. So he's already done it once. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I would like to see that. It would be interesting to the legacy. Right. And I guess because he doesn't really have a, a great media presence, it doesn't seem to necessarily want it. No, you know, uh, I mean that's his that is his signature of not wanting, of not that's his style, not wanting, not wanting it at all, know, at all, at all. Which 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 increases his price tag because the more you say you don't want it, the more they're after you. You know, you always want what you can't have. That's true. Um, Giannis is I don't you know Giannis has been a surprise like how poorly he's not. Poorly throughout the game, but the free throws. I mean, the, the guy's shooting like 20% from the well, free Well, yeah, people fucking counting. Well, they in Brooklyn, they even had the damn scoreboard. <laughs> it's like the game show, tick tock, you know. I guess the NBA had to, like, come you on, know, y'all can't do that. You, know? you heard about the NBA told them to take it down, right? You saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that everybody was stunned. That they I could, yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow, they're doing that? They're letting them do that? <laughs> probably they will have like, like a, a meter at half, you know, at, at side court, like like the shot clock, like have the Giannis clock, you know. Um, but yeah, but you know, to me, I don't know if, and, and unfortunately, or fortunately, he's locked himself in to that. Right. So yeah. ain't no super team for Giannis, and ain't nobody coming to Milwaukee. I'm sorry. And that, yeah, and that was the thing about that series to me when people, you know, because yeah, Milwaukee's playing great. Um, they killed the heat, even though the heat, I think everybody who went deep into that bubble last year paid for it this year for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. We'll finish your thought. I want to ask you about that. Yeah. So, but you know, people said that, you know, Milwaukee matched up really well with Brooklyn and I'm like, really? I'm like, um, I know Drew Holiday and Middleton are good players, but then, but you know, someone was going through like the, the list of all stars and all pros that that uh, the Brooklyn Nets have, I think it was like a total of 30 or something crazy. And then you go to Middleton and Drew Holiday and they have like two all-stars in between them. I mean, there's a reason for that. So they're not really on the same level. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the point you made, I've been thinking about this. I mean, the bubble I thought was intriguing. I mean, obviously, historically, you've never had it before. But it had, I don't know, now, now that you've seen the bubble and now you've seen, you know, the difference the fans make, I mean, which we kind of knew it, I think still thinks fans are still morons, is it? Oh, yeah, you know, um, it was it harder playing in the bubble than the than than playing in front of fans uh, with the travel. I mean, yet guys like Tyler Hero and all these people. Well, what what what's sort of your assessment of the of the bubble and whether you know whether it was harder, whether fans make it harder? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's like it almost it almost breaks even because. I mean, it was harder to some extent, and it all—I guess—it all depends on who you are and your personality and all that kind of stuff. In terms of being secluded, um, right. can't go anywhere. I think that is probably you know, a guy like LeBron James, who's used to that stuff. Like he, you know, he secludes himself. <laughs> like if you know, what I'm like yeah. if you're if you're that hard, or even Jimmy Butler. Like if, if you're that hard a working guy, you know, it's probably great for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? I didn't want distractions anyway. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. This is yeah. But then, like, if you're a regular NBA guy, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe you, you know it hurts you because you you don't have your routine. Um, but the big to me, the big issue is how how it affected this year. Was remember what the NBA did, and you know, obviously it's all about money. But they made them come back like a, they didn't have an off season. Well, they see, that's said, the whole thing. Oh, right? gave your off season because of COVID. Now you had the bubble. So those teams that were in the bubble. And remember, they were playing very hard. All those games, we were all astounded. Oh, wow, the, you know, the, the level of play is the same. It doesn't matter, which is true. Right. But they were playing that hard, and then they only gave them about a month and a half break until <laughs> the next season, condensed 72 games into, like, a small period of time. So there were more, like, you know, they don't have back-to-backs anymore, I don't think, but it was, like, you know, every other day, every other day, every other day. So look yeah. at all the injuries we have. And, then, and it's like, yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's been talked about enough, man. I mean, yeah, I think that's Anthony a Davis, we first of all, he's injury prone anyway. So imagine a month and a half off, and you just and and you were those one of the last team standing in the bubble, and then the Heat. Look at the Heat; they played. They were the last. They were the, they lost in the championship in the bubble. They they had a terrible season, really. You know, they never could get it to get it together with injuries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but guess uh, who had a good season? The Celtics too were a Final Four in the bubble. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's right, Jalen Brown. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's it's this whole idea of, of players as these cogs. Right. You know, whether you're a forty million dollar cog or right. whatever, you're a cog. Right. And 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 I guess, you know, you look at this is how you make your living. Again, we said that last year that the players, athletes, whether it's in the NFL, are really hostage. They're, they're hostage. They're held hostage to this stuff because you gotta play. You know, while you and I are doing, you know, everybody's doing their Zoom from remote and all that kind of stuff. Let me ask you a question. Do you, and this is another thing that's come up uh, about uh, our business media. Uh, I was speaking to somebody uh, the other day. I don't know if we're going to ever get back what they took away from media, you know, access. You know, I I don't know if we're going to ever get that access back because, you know, they've been trying to control that forever. What what do you think? Uh, and, And, how do you think you do your job in in the in the COVID in the in the Zoom era where there is no locker room access? There's no random kind of opportunity to kind of bump into people in the hallways and all that. Yeah, no, I think, I'd be surprised if they give us that access back because, like you said, there's always been undertones of them trying to trying to limit it. Um, we already know that that you know, especially the 
superstars or the stars, they want to limit it and they want to tell their own story. So there's really mm-hmm. no reason for them to to not fight back against, you know, locker room access. And then the humanity of it. Like I always thought the locker room I know like itself was a was one of the weirdest it is weird. Like you, yeah. you know, you got scrums waiting for this dude surrounding him, and he's he's at a small. This is a millionaire, a multi-millionaire in a small little locker, trying mm-hmm. trying to put his underwear on uh, uh, under his towel while uh, yeah. <laughs> while, while right. people have a microphone in his face. It's, yeah, and that you know that's I I even said because that is just bizarre, you know. Right. You know, and and I guess what you get out of a locker room sometimes could be you know, I guess contacts or casual stuff. I don't know. You're right. It's, it's, it's that scene was always dehumanizing, and they don't do it in the WNBA. They they don't have like hordes of people waiting for women to undress, or, or to, you know, in, in various stages of just rest, and then you get that. You know, it's like yeah. very humanizing. And it doesn't even matter who you are. I remember you know being in like you know in the uh, the Patriots playing the Jets. I'm in the Patriots visiting locker room, and, and it's like you, Tom Brady has to go through. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, wow. I was like, they'll, they'll do it to anybody. Like he, he, Tom Brady is at a skinny <laughs> little visitors locker trying to get right. dressed. Like what right. in the world? While people are, are trying to talk to him, it's crazy. Yeah. No. It's it, yeah. I mean, that to me is bizarre. So I guess now that you mention it, do we yeah. want to go back to that? I mean, I think, but, but what we even what kind of access will we get, right? Like so, people are saying, "Oh, they should at least bring everybody," but then they have control over that, right? So yeah. I think, yeah, it does change the way you co- you cover. You're gonna have to go through back channels. You have to create good, good relationships with the stars team. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But this gives this gives, I guess, players much more control, right? Uh, which I guess you could argue they should have the control. Uh, franchises. I mean, I, I just don't know whether it, uh, the media in general does it uh, impede. You know, we're supposed to be the fifth estate that keeps everything honest, right? And maybe we have to reevaluate what kind of job have we, you know, have, have we been doing um, at that. So yeah, but I, I I just don't know if we're gonna ever get that back again. That kind yeah, of yeah, I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I guess part of it depends on how much the media tries to fight back when they when they when they do try to take it away you know it depends it, de- it all depends um but I, I don't think they're willingly going to go back to the way it was no no and like you said the crowd of locker rooms i could always do without that right you know but, but at the same time i've i've gotten great interviews in that in that you know while the while while the scrum is with some uh, all around somebody else and then somebody you want to talk to that you would never have access to if you weren't in that locker room. So well, yeah, that, that it gets 50-50. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go in, you know, you may be working a story and you just may need to talk to like the 15th guy on the bench right. about something else. Now, I guess they could arrange that for you. Or if you've got the guys mobile or whatever, right. you can text, hey, can we talk? Then it depends on whether you know the 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 the, the franchise comes down on it. It says, no, you can only talk to who we say you can talk to. And you know they'll do that. Oh, yeah, in a minute. If you don't have the power to, you know, unless you're like a handful of guys who are untouchable, everybody else can be shipped off to Siberia, you know, at any given time, you know. So I was thinking they might, they might, it might be a situation where they only let ESPN in the locker room or, 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, TNT, whoever's covering the game. So I, I could see him that that kind of starting. Yeah. What else what else we got, man? Any uh any other thing uh kind of uh uh well, jumped out at you? Um the remember the the NFL recently uh with the race norming in, oh terms, my God, of, yeah. in terms of they in terms of how they review players' claims uh, for you know cognitive injuries, um, so you have a but you know obviously the NFL set uh, had a big settlement. They were getting sued left and right by all kind mm-hmm. of players uh, based on head injuries and the effect that they had uh, after playing. Um, so they settled the case, but in terms of dishing out the settlement dollars, they used they used what is called race norming which assumes that black players start out with lower cognitive function right. uh, than, than some of their white counterparts um, in terms of the $1 billion, $1 billion settlement of brain injury claims. The practice made it harder for black retirees to show a deficit and qualify for an award. The standards were created in the 1990s in hopes of offering more appropriate treatment to dementia patients but critics faulted the way they were used to determine payouts in the NFL concussion case. Uh, more than 2,000 NFL retirees have filed dementia claims, but fewer than 600 have received awards. More than half of NFL retirees are black. Yeah, because what they're saying is that, well, you were stupid to begin with. Right. So, you know, you were kind of dumb anyway. So because, Just because you're black. Yeah, because you're black, you're dumb anyway. You start dumber anyway. So. How far can you? How far can you drop? You know, and it and it's uh, even me. I mean, I, when you look at it, it's, man, how racist! Right in front of our face, you know. And it's like the nineties. We're not talking about nineteen fifty-five or something. Um, right. And for some reason, I guess I should fault myself. That should have been like headline news. Like NFL thinks black players are basically mentally inferior. Right. And, 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 and now, you know, you know now. You know, not too many people are talking about this. Yeah, uh, maybe we, we should actually, because, you know, it's one of those topics that it's offensive, but it's not like we talk about Luca or that kind of stuff. But it, it all feeds into the same sort of thing. Of It's the other, it's the flip side of white supremacy. And it's not, where, a, and it's far from just a sports story, yeah. right? Because it's like, you're talking about med- the medical profession and the legal profession, that it's all wrapped up in that. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know you you're in COVID, and you see the, uh, you know the tree. There was just something that came out about even with the Red Cross that white victims were treated differently and more quickly than black victims of of emergencies. You know, I don't think there's an issue that exists in this country or wherever, and in, in most countries uh, where not one issue. Where there's not there, you know, the where people of color, black people in particular, aren't aren't discriminated against in ridiculous, you know, fashions and turn, you know, right in front of your eyes. Like there's so there's so much of that, right? And that, and that goes back to the sports thing. Why why it's so bothersome even to to see like we see it coming, you know what I'm saying? Like before, like we know the the Lucas stuff that you're saying that 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 these guys are all lauding him and you know saying he's different and he's the greatest ever. We knew you were going to say that before. So it's even more frustrating. We knew before it came out of your mouth, you were going to say that. So just be, you know, maybe be more original, hide it a little better, do something. And the unrepented nature of it, I guess, 
is is the thing, you know, uh, because it is it is so predictable. It's happening. It's just, and and I was thinking about that today. You know, this thing is, you know, look, COVID, and and you know, a year ago we talked about George Floyd and the marches and all our white friends were like, so you do, and you know, blah, 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 the rappers, you know, and you know, and now, and that's that's our our short memory. Right. It's like, okay, that was that fad. You know, like, you know, some white people will go to school and they'll date like a person of color as their kind of like experience, you know, <laughs> you know, and then, oh, well, all right, we did, did that. So, yeah, so now it's like, ah, right, well, yeah, it was a good experience, you know, I, in the Peace Corps and I marched, I marched and, you know, I got thrown in jail, you know, <laughs> you know, and now it's kind of, all right, go back to be white and privileged, you know, and um, we always you know, it's tough to give that pri- that privilege. We know that. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? No matter who you are, that, that's why uh, a lot of people saying that. Poto forty five was saying that. Listen, you know, are you sure you want to give up your privilege? Right. You know, think of what all think of what that means. Right. That white privilege before right. you start, you know. Oh yes, I'm a victim. You know, you think about, and I think a lot of people have, and they're right. like, I really not want to have, you know, a, a standard of living, you know, you know, a house, you know, couples, you know, house. When when the next emergency comes, you know, you have a, a, a house to escape to, a second, a second and third residence. Right. Um, schools. Great, the best schools. Uh, the be, you know, and do you really want to give that up? You know, well, can we just make sure that there's enough for everybody? Yeah, no. Uh, and, and it, it, it kind of gets back to sports in a way, because that's where, at least marginally, the, the field is kind of level, in, in, in a way. You know, it's kind of level in a way. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Basketball. I mean, baseball, they made it so expensive. I mean, you you, know, you got a son playing Little League, and if, if Kareem – wants to continue to play baseball, man, that's like, it's going to cost a fortune. Right. You know, the traveling teams and the separate car, I mean. I'm steering him, I'm steering him towards basketball. <laughs> you should steer him towards golf and tennis. That's true, too. Those are expensive, too, though. Yeah, but, yeah, but you got no, it. No, no, I, I actually want him to play all every sport, all sports. <laughs> they play piano, too. Yeah, to and, and, and uh, instruments, everything, everything, acting, whatever you want to do. Acting, everything, <laughs> and school, most importantly, and schoolwork, you know, just as a fallback, you know, just be brilliant, you know. Uh, anyway, so um, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the NFL thing because it's a, it's an important story, but it's not a sexy story. But it's a story about it's a story about racism. It's a story about how white people, this white power structure, sees. You know, and plus what it sees black ass, it sees very little, but just cattle, you know, it's kind of livestock. Yeah, and, it's, and there's, a, there's a reason why it's not a big story, right? Because it's so obvious what that is. You've got, if I'm a white guy, I got to be embarrassed. I can't put that on my paper in the, on the front page. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, like not embarrassing. We got caught red handed. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Right. right. You know, yeah, I, I feel bad because I know who. Go all the way back to Rebbe. Who who name some people? Who was the person who said, "Yeah, this is a good idea. Let's let's do this." And I guarantee, I guarantee, I'll look more into it. But I guarantee you, it, it seems more like a either a medical or legal 
doctrine. You know what I'm saying? So it was probably something that was used in other in industries. And then when it came to, uh, you know, settlements for football players, they just plugged it right in. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I guess in the tobacco industry, they had to show, I mean, it was very vicious. We had to show that you were already smoking or you or something. Right. To, you know, uh, it's like a, in, in rape victims and how the prosecutors or, or I, I, depending, you know, if, if you were representing uh, the accused rapist, then they had to paint the the victim. Oh yeah, and they still do that. In a, in a, yeah, a certain way. Now, same thing. You want to you you want to claim that playing football caused your dementia? And then, well, wait a minute, you were stupid to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you yeah. know, you're, you're always a D student. You know, right. So, yeah, and then you know, like just like anything else, like they're gonna protect the few white guys uh, in that in that situation, also. Right. So. Yeah, right. All right. So anyway, um, all right, man. Well, listen, um, uh, we have uh, some playoffs this week. Today is we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, Any more we'll games for you? Uh, I, you know, I went to games. I, I went to uh, games at the Garden. Game at, at the at the thing, and they blew out. Then I said, "Well, let me see what happens in the series, because if they can continue to wipe out Milwaukee, right. then uh, who, who's the next? Who, who will Brooklyn have to play? Now, they have to play Philadelphia or Atlanta, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and yeah, that, that could be Brooklyn Philly would be great. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn Philly would really be nice. Yep. That'd be yep. a nice, hateful, hateful. <laughs> lots of lots of water bottles being thrown. I know, yeah. Uh, and I was thinking of um, how many black coaches potentially you could have so in the final four. Well, you got and, Nate McMillan. Yeah. And Doc, well, Doc Rivers, Nate McMillan. So you're guaranteed Ty. one in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and Ty then Lou. Ty Lue, uh, Monty Williams. You could Those two could meet up in the Western. Oh, Monty Williams, yeah. Right for Phoenix, they could. So you could have you could have out west. Yeah, you could have Ty Lue and uh, Mighty Williams. Yep, but like you said, like there's a scenario in that Final Four where you have three black coaches. Yeah, yeah, which I think we can make something out of that. You know? and, I mean, especially considering you, you have so few to percentage wise to begin with. If you get if four of them make the conference finals, that's right. something. You have you have only five black coaches <laughs> and, like four of them. and three of them. Three of the five right. are in the finals, right. and you're saying, what's the, what's the problem here? Yeah, yeah. You know? Obviously, they well, can. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, that was kind of off here. You know, so, right, right, right. You know, um, yeah. And then your booting holes is probably going to get fired. Um, yeah. You know, um, and they're talking about um, what's they going to Portland, uh, Chauncey Billups. Yeah, Jason Kidd might. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with the Laker job. What they're gonna fire? What? I mean, I, just, I don't. I haven't heard anything, but I just it just wouldn't be shot because remember, Jason Kidd, uh, Damon Lillard said he wanted Jason Kidd as the Portland coach. Right. Then he immediately Jason, said, "I don't want to go to Portland." Yeah, he don't. He said, "I don't want to go." Why don't you want to go? You don't want to. Uh, you you want a coaching job, right? Maybe he thinks he he got he has something better coming. Yeah, or Boston. That's funny too. You know, Brad, who is a nice guy and all that kind of stuff, but it's so classic. You know, you gotta fail upwards. You know, 
all right, well, you fell. Okay, we're going to make you the president of the team, you know. Right. I heard a good theory, though. Um, I forget where I heard it, but they 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 realized things weren't working. Like, you know, he, he things weren't working. He wasn't connected with the team. So instead of firing him, they just and they just move him, keep him in the organization as a president so, so that Milwaukee won't get him. <laughs> oh, as a head coach. Yeah. yeah. We, we, don't, we don't want to coach against you. Yeah, he could always turn it down. I mean, he didn't have yeah. to take that. He said, no, I don't want to do that job. I, I, I'll just offer my resignation yeah. and wait till they fire Budenholzer and uh, it moves Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, and as, as as far, yeah, I don't. I always liked, I always thought, I always liked Brad Stevens as a coach ever since he was at Butler, what he was doing there. Yeah. I mean, he won, like 70%, he won like 70% of his games at Butler, had him in two national championships, Butler of all teams. Of all people. Right. And even with even with the Celtics, they never had a team. This year he this year he underperformed, but the rest of those teams weren't even supposed to get to where they got. So I'll give him I'll give him credit there. It just shows you up. But for GM, you know, people saying he's not qualified. Who who is qualified for GM when they get those jobs? Like you know, what's what what are the qualifications to be a GM? Like they give it to any white guy. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah, it only becomes credentials only become an issue. When all of a sudden black people, well, you know, start crying, well, you know, I don't know, was he done? You know, same thing in head coaches in the NFL. Well, right. you know, you never had any coordinator experience, and you never had, you know. Right. Um, you know right. uh, I do want to acknowledge, speaking of the NFL, the passing of Jim Fossil. Yes. Uh, somebody who, um, you know, you cover these guys. You know, again, is a, um, you know, a decent guy. Right. You know. Um, you passed away uh, earlier this week. Right. So, and a, a very good friend of mine, his son, coached with him. Coached with his son. Oh wow! And they were both starting out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think his coach is, is a coach somewhere, right? He's yeah, his he's, son is coaching somewhere. I've seen that. I think yeah. So you know, just kind of uh, condolences to that family. So the beat goes on. You know, the beat goes on, yep. and uh, you know. Um, uh, pulling for Ty Lue, pulling for Mighty Williams, uh, pulling for Doc again, and really pulling for Nate. You know, maybe they'll take the intern tag off his name. You know, well, maybe you know, Grant Hill is part owner. Of the team. Maybe Grant will kind of. Well, reportedly, they, they I think I, I saw Stephen A. Smith say that, that he, he said that they already have a uh, an agreement. They're just waiting to announce it. They, they could, he is going to be uh, the full-time coach moving forward. Oh, they, there's nothing, they couldn't I mean, not do that. You're not, you know, how could you not do that? Yeah, you can. So, good, good for, uh, good for Nate. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, Jamal, hope you uh, enjoy the rest of the week and uh, just rest of the playoffs and, um, you know, enjoy those little league games. That's um, right. We'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll be, you know, there'll be more playoff games, so we'll be back Let's see what see what the Nets are doing. See if they can uh, handle business. If they're as good as they look, um, of course. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Keep listening. Keep supporting. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bros Pod and all that good stuff. Keep giving us good ratings. And the show, of course, was brought to you by Bet Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we should go now that COVID is over. <laughs> maybe we go back to Shock uh, a lot. And do a live, uh, do a live broadcast. We should. Don't talk a lot. 
maybe maybe one of the days when the, the when the Nets are playing, we can see all the, you know, you know, of course it's so funny in New York City. Like the Nets, the Nets are a national story, right. but they can be. You know, game two, I was at game two. You know, they still had tickets. People, right. you were able to buy fifty dollar tickets to get in the game. Yeah, no, I can believe it. It's, it's but you know, it's, it's like the Clippers and the Lakers, right? You know, which would be funny. Wouldn't it be funny if the Clippers played the Nets? Uh, yeah, it makes it would make perfect sense. You know, and it's so perfect. The, the number two, and it and it really wouldn't matter if the Clippers won or the Nets won. They'll, you know, the the team is still the Lakers, and and the the, the Knicks. Right. Remember after Game Two, after after the Knicks fans won one game, they're talking about we want Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> I, I thought I thought I thought they'd won the championship. They they were they. You know, people out on Broadway, like putting each other on their shoulders and chances. I'm like, what? They won one playoff. I, mean, I was embarrassed to be a former Nick fan. <laughs> well, the Black Lives Matter rally. You know? <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it, it, but that's just how Nick's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. No sense of reality at all. At least the Lakers makes more sense to me, the Laker Clipper dynamic, because the Lakers have actually been winning like right. all through like the past. Yeah, I mean they've got they just won a championship yesterday. I mean last year, the Knicks so have, the Knicks have not won anything in my lifetime. That's why okay. I was saying by the teams I grew up rooting for the Knicks, the Mets, and the Jets, right? The Knicks and the Jets, I don't, I'm not really a fan anymore. And the Mets, I am, and I think it's the re the reason is that they actually won in my lifetime. Like I actually saw that happen, and I guess I'm still emotionally tied to the to the Mets for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what, what can I say? <laughs> I tell my nephew, he said, you got one, it's time to change. She would change here from Milwaukee or something, you know, right, right, right. or Atlanta, you know. I have I have bad luck because I because I grew up, actually grew up a Philadelphia Eagles fan also. Mm. And then I stopped being, like when, um, I guess when McNabb, you know, because I had a good run. I had Randall Cunningham. Yeah. And then I had McNabb. And then... Once that transition started to end of McNabb's career, I kind of like, law. I, I didn't care about the Eagles anymore. Then, they, then that year they win the Super Bowl. I'm like, wow, I'm not even, a, I'm, I'm not even a fan anymore. Yeah, man, I stopped being a fan uh, at age 16. <laughs> That's smart. When, that when, I'm a big journalist, right? Because uh, I, I was really emotionally, you know, with the Bears, uh, not so much the, the Dallas Cowboys. I right. really liked the Dallas Cowboys because when they first came in the NFL, they're a young team. I like Dallas, and in a short period of time, they got to the championship game uh, against Green Bay in '66, and and lost in the ice, the famous ice bowl game. And then they played again in '67, and looks like they were going to win. And I can remember like it was yesterday, Mike Gector, something in the end zone, and that day it was heart racing. You know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting this kind of emotional in, in something I cannot control. Right. And so I said, I'll be a journalist so I can just root for the story, you know. Right. I agree. Okay. I, I always think that the, it's perfect to, at 16, that's about the age you should stop. 16 to 18, you should stop being a fan. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of, a childish thing. Yeah, just 25 years old, wearing over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ain't doing that, you know. You're uh, my face and, and, you know, the, you know, I said, no, are you kidding me? You know. Now this is all about the story, you know. Is this does this work for me? 
<laughs> you know, does you be, you know, does, do, do, you know, does your winning the championship or being good that night work for my column? You know, right? No, yeah, be a like, fan. Like, if I go do a piece you're on Luca, you're your own fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of me, and right. I'm a fan of the fans. I mean, I'm a fan right. of the oh, game in general. Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, uh, uh, if Chris Jackson's reading this, uh, the great editor. Uh, my great editor of 40 Million Hour Slaves and of this forthcoming book. Uh, Chris, I got the lead, but <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I was in Boston and the Yankees had just, uh, Boston just beaten the Yankees. And that's back when there was like a blood feud. I mean, Red Sox, but they were both good and, and, and they had just beaten the Yankees in like a walk-off or something. And Fenway was just going berserk. And I left the stadium maybe an hour or so afterwards, and the fans were just still celebrating. They were just drinking. And I'm leaving the stadium. I was thinking about my column. So I got in on time, and uh, you know, I was just thinking about what I wrote, you know, as I was going back to my car with no expression in the midst of this utterly euphoric chaos. And so a woman came up to me, been drinking, and she looked, she said, Who are you for? And then I realized, I said, huh, I'm not for anybody. <laughs> right. yeah, I'm, I'm, and I thought about it, so I'm not for anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm, for, I'm basically for whoever reads this column. Right. Did I capture the moment, the, the euphoria, if you were a Boston fan or the dejection of your Yankee? That's where I'm, did I hit it? That's who I'm for. Right. Yeah. But it, that's what it dawned on me. I said, man, you're not for anybody. <laughs> You know, uh, and, um, you know, maybe the pandemic, I did, you know, during the pandemic, I mean, I think sports did, you know, because there was nothing. Remember, there was a period of time, man, there was like nothing. Yeah, we, nothing. we watched like replays, remember? Yeah, we remember the, the, the last day, we just watched anything. Right. And I guess it <laughs> maybe made us realize how empty our fucking miserable lives were, you know, because... It made you realize, you know, yeah, and maybe that's an American thing in the United States. We we deal with, we deal with, we're so much in unreality. I mean, that's what we're known for, not dealing with shit, whether it's racism. We like, we don't like things to be messy. Right. Whether it's like the George, that's why George Floyd was, was so like, damn, man. I mean, you couldn't, this guy gets like murdered, <laughs> murdered by the police. I'm like, you know, it's like right there, you know. And we typically like to say, well, no, well, you know, over, you know, over there in China's terrible, you know. And I think that, uh, but for that period of year in COVID, man, there was like no diversions. There was no NFL. There was no nothing. You just had to deal with these people, these kids marching and the brutality and 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 even with COVID, how all these people of color were like couldn't get access to anything. They were dying, could get medical treatment. And all these rich white folks or just white, you know, were like, you know, getting the best care. Uh, uh, they, they were going out to the Hampton, you know, I mean, you know, they were going to higher ground, and like, yep. you know, and it just put all this stuff like right in front of his face, like, like this, um, what's the word, inequities. The inequities were just blatant in the land of the free and home of the brave. And so now we're back to normal. Phew, don't have to watch that movie anymore. You know, we kind of 
go, you know, instead of just watching one channel. Right, right. Okay, we can go back to watching five million channels. We have to deal with it. Stay away from that channel. We don't want to see that channel anymore. <laughs> the black channel. We don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> you know. Unless they, unless they entertaining us. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in entertainers, you know, you got entertainers, but not even kneeling. What? The guys yeah. like kneeling? And Jesus Christ, we want to come and we want to escape. And now they're fucking kneeling and raising their fists and painting Black Lives Matter all over the backboard, you know, and yeah. God, you know, I mean, I keep thinking of the Utah fans, right? And remember it was when one of the guys was last year or when Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I remember that. Got to altercation with his white fan. And, you know, you guys, he ain't the only one. Now, he may be the only one who was drunk enough for it or belligerent enough to say, but you have all these, and I, I keep looking at the, all these arenas, all these white fans, you know, only like, you know, like probably I'd say, I don't know, 97% right. white fans and 99% black players. And that's black, it's always been, that's always a volatile dynamic. I'm like, what the hell? How do you reconcile that shit? You know, and maybe it's, it's an agreement that, Okay, the black players, we won't call any attention to it. And we all just will imagine that it doesn't exist. That it's all good. You know, we, you know, we kind of put you through something during COVID, but we're done. Okay, we're we're done. You won't you come back to the arenas, there's no Black Lives Matter stuff anywhere. You come, right. you know, not, but, not even, but the fans can still uh shout racist shit at you. That's fine. You know, they can race you or they murmur it. Or what is it during the last series? They Admit uh, at, uh, at Utah fans gave uh, what's the name's fan, uh, parents a hard time. The star yeah. of the uh, Memphis team, what's his name? Uh, yeah, John Morant. They, John Morant. Yeah, they, they were like giving his damn. Father. I mean, this was like two weeks ago. Yeah, like, on I'm, I'm just like blatantly racist stuff. Right. No, so, no, no subtlety, no nothing. Just blatantly racist stuff. Like it was, like it was 1860. Yeah. yeah so. so how do you, but then you cheer for Donovan. Yeah, they, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, and Donovan Mitchell, to, you know, he actually, he the next game he had John Morant's family in, you know, courtside and took care, took complete care of him himself. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's just a bizarre dynamic. Right. If, if you ask me, why would you say racist, would you say, what would you say to Donovan? Well, he's he's our Negro, you know. Well, yeah, that's that's what they say, until, until he gets oh. traded. Until you straight him, you're right. We're the same shit. Is exact same shit. <laughs> you're on borrowed time. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, don't think that we we actually like you as a uh, human being. Like you date my daughter. So. No, 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 no. Just know your place. So now you never know. Some of these some of these fans are so crazy. They wouldn't. Even, they'd probably be okay with him dating her, dating their daughter until he gets traded. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> step up. Could you get us free tickets? Yeah, exactly. Season tickets. Well, can you put us at the well, like OJ? Oh, oh yeah, let's let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OJ right. reference. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, Jamal, have a great week, everybody. Uh, have a great week. Still be careful and uh, pray. God bless everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.